Welcome to Working Dog Radio. Broadcasting the bite. This episode of Working Dog Radio is brought to you in part by the best training conference on the planet, Hits K9 Training and Conference, www.hitsk9.net, or call Jeff Barrett, 863-529-5113. We'll see you there. One of our other great sponsors, be sure to check them out, Ray Allen Manufacturing up in Colorado Springs, rayallen.com. Be sure to use the discount code WORKINGDOGRADIO for 10% off. Spell it out, get the discount. Everyone knows Ted and I are huge fans of Dogtra. Uh, we use all their products, lots of stuff. Dogtra.com, use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off a single item over $200. All right, everybody loves drag and drop the easiest way possible. The easiest way to get a kennel up and running is to get them from Horizon Structures. Go to horizonstructures.com or call 1-888-447-4337. Make sure you tell them that Working Dog Radio sent you. There you go. One of our newest sponsors and one of our favorites, Kinetic Dog Food. Kineticdogfood.com or call 512-279-8966. Get your dog on the right track. One of our other fantastic sponsors that are run by the Heiser, some of the best people in the industry. We love those guys. Uh, looking for a reputable canine kennel with dog sales and training services? They're located in sunny New Smyrna, Florida. Southern Coast Canine provides services worldwide from purchasing your next single or dual-purpose working dog to handler courses and seminars. Southern Coast is a great resource, so check them out. And where you can check them out is Southern Coast Canine. That's letter K, number 9.com, or give them a call, 877-903-DOGS. That's dogs. We get asked all the time what happens to all the working dogs once they retire. If the dogs are lucky, they get to retire with their handler. Sometimes those dogs are expensive in their retirement due to health issues sustained from injuries on the job or old age in general. That's a heavy burden for a lot of the handlers. Enter organizations like the Georgia Police Canine Foundation. These great folks assist law enforcement agencies with life-saving supplies and equipment for our canine officers and help provide assistance for them in their retirements. It can be hard finding an organization with dogs' best interests at heart, but we strongly encourage you to check out Georgia Police Canine Foundation. Great people doing great work. All right, we are back. Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Uh, I am Ted Summers from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, with me, as always, from Canton, Ohio, is Eric Stambro. Eric, what's going on? A lot of work, man. I got some dogs in from Europe the other day, um, right after our HRD in Hammond, Indiana, which was a rousing success. Uh, I yeah, drove up was. to O'Hare, picked up three dogs. So I have seven in the kennel right now, plus two pet dogs. I, I This is the last two I'm going to do for a while. Uh, good dogs. I mean, two labs are doing really good. Um, but uh, I just don't have time to, I mean, I'm up too late doing this. But um, got the new kennel up and running, so I got all those dogs in there, and then so I'm loading up dogs every day, taking them up to Canton to the Funhouse, my new facility, and um, Canton Canine has a class going on. I'm helping out with that because it's uh, Chris, the guy who took my place. It's his first du dual purpose class, and there's seven dogs in it, so that's a lot. So I'm helping out. They're doing a lot of yeah. stuff in my place, and so mixing my dogs in the middle of that, getting a little bit of work in, and it's going pretty good though. Other than that, uh, yeah. it's finally summer. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say it is. Summer has definitely gotten. It is hot. 
and humid every every summer i'm every winter i'm like god i'm so ready for summer here and i was standing out today tracking travis and i were out tracking house i looked across the field and ironically enough tulsa has one of the largest municipal parks in the country um it's massive it's out by the airport it's where we track and i could see heat waves coming off grass i was like this is bullshit it's 10 o'clock in the morning Mm. and i (laughs) I was like nope this is bullshit but we have six dual purpose dogs that were getting ready or that are in various stages of tracking um we had out today and then one of my handlers from a small town down south of here showed up because he missed training last night because he had to work uh but um he showed up to make up his hours so he went out and tracked did some bite work some drug work so yeah other than that we're just plugging along doing dog things doing doing dog things that's it so uh who do we have today we have our good friend Debbie from Canines United. Um, yes. We've been friends with her for a while. Um, we've got a lot to talk about with Debbie Johnson. Um, we've gotten to meet her in person. She and uh, us at uh, HRD have become really close. We've had a great working relationship. So, Ted, I think we should just jump right in it. I agree. So, Debbie, how are you? I am great. Excellent. So, how are you guys? We're doing well. Oh, and for those listening, this is the first episode of the 2020 Women of Canine. I know we skipped it like a little a couple months back because we had the Corona apocalypse going on and there were some planning things going on. But um, yeah, so um, you're in Florida, which I'm sure is hot by now. Uh, so it doesn't yeah. really get it doesn't ever really get not hot. You guys get like a a week of winter. Our buddy in Marion County, George and Jay Nix, who you'll talk about in a little bit. He gets to 40, yeah. and like, oh, oh, man, it's cold. And Eric is like, <laughs> 40. <laughs> and 40 is not cold. 40 is spring. Uh, so let's talk a little well, bit about. I don't about... want to tell Eric, I, but I actually get cold when it's 60. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> <sighs> Stop. Really? I'm climatized. <laughs> I know. My wife is like that, though, too. She uh, just thin, thin blood. Yeah, yeah. Why we hear? I hear we have someone else moving to our state, Mr. Ryan, right? Mr. Ryan moving to Florida. Yeah, Ryan Davis. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. He's gonna go. So Ryan's, yeah, Ryan's been on here a couple times. Uh, Ryan was with was worked with me at the police department forever. Him and I are really good friends. Uh, we were on SWAT together. We worked undercover narcotics together, and then we were in canine together. And then I trained his dog Jethro. Jethro got killed. Most of you know the story. Yeah. It was episode yeah. number one. Uh, we talked about it, and then we just rehashed it in the um, Canine Down episode. Um, and Ryan mm. retired. He's got uh, – it's funny. Uh, I'll get into it in a second, but uh, he listened to a bunch of our podcasts on the drive to Florida. I'm like, you're nuts. <laughs> I listened to my voice for like yeah. 14 hours. No thanks. You, you didn't get sick <laughs> of me yelling at you for 20 years or what? <laughs> yeah. So – he uh, he just he retired, and him and his wife they always had to plan because uh, their kids are grown. One's in college in Florida, and the other one's in his twenties um, to to move to Florida, and that's where they're at. They're down there. They made it. Um, they don't have a house yet. They're renting a place. They're just trying to find their beach, so to speak, their area that just feels to them the best place. So. They're on a pretty cool little adventure. So, Ryan, I know you're going to be listening to this, and we love you and miss you, buddy. Nice. Welcome to Florida, Ryan. So give us a little background on Canines United. There's a, you know, 
for those listening that don't know are familiar, Canines United is a um, is a charity organization that's built specifically for um, canine for law enforcement canine. Um, there's a lot of charities that deal with it that donate equipment, that donate dogs, that donate stuff, everything. So let's talk a little bit about how Canines United got started and what it is. Basically. I started Canines United in, I think we were official in 2015, in June 2015. So, of course, I've been a dog lover my whole life. I don't have any ties to law enforcement, don't have any family, anything like that in law enforcement. And I saw Canine Baron's death on TV, and it just captured my heart. I don't know how to say it, but... um, I've never had anything laid on my heart so heavily. I just could not get the dog off my mind. You know what I mean? I was like, how in the hell does something like that happen? But more importantly was this kind of stuff is going on while I'm at home safe and sound. So I called one of my buddies that was in fire and rescue. And I said, hey, I said, I got to go to this funeral. They were going to have a funeral at the amphitheater, the local amphitheater. He was like, Debbie, I don't think you should go. If you've never been to a funeral like that, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty uh, emotional. And I said, nope, I got to go. So didn't know anybody. Um, so I said, so I went. Um, one of the absolute most emotional things I've ever attended in my life, and I've actually, I've lost my uh, brother and my father. Um, so I left there, and as, on the back of the pamphlet, they had, you can make a donation to the four-star fund. So next thing I know, I'm at the sheriff's office and made a donation. And I just inquired. I said, you know, as a civilian, what can I do to support these amazing units? So the lady kindly arranged uh, for me to meet with the sergeant um, of the canine unit. So I met with him and I told him, I said, you know, I said, what can I do to support as a civilian, da, da, da. I'm one of those that once I get something on my brain, I can't get it off. So um, he said, well, he said, I said, can I attend a training, you know, to further educate myself? He said, well, you, ma'am, you'd have to go through the Civilian Law Enforcement Academy. I said, all right, well, sign me up. And I'm like, well, you have to apply. I said, well, what? send me the application. So he did. And so Baron was killed October 7th, 2014. Their class started, I think it was in December. So I went through that 13-week class, which obviously the environment that we're currently in, I think everyone should go through that class to see all the different aspects of law enforcement. But when it came time for the ride-along um, in the class, which obviously that fun, that class, I had an awesome time. The driving track, I had so much fun. The shooting range, never shot a gun in my life. That was awesome. Loved it. Um but when it came time for the ride-along, I was like, you know, no offense, but I don't want to go on with a regular deputy. Can I go on with a canine handler? So the sergeant arranged it, and it was on that ride-along that I learned that there are so many needs that are not being met within the budget and how much stuff, you know, handlers have to pay for out of their pocket. I was like, that's crazy. So... Um, I've been in the business world for 20 years. I'm a financial advisor. That's what I've done. I have a full-time career. So I got back. I called my CPA, and I said, hey, I, I want to start a 501c3. 
<laughs> I just had the idea. Well, first of all, let me back up. I went back to the sheriff's office, and I first had the idea. I said, you know what? I said, I've put on charity golf tournaments before in the past. Can I go through you guys with the caveat that the money I raise would go directly to the canine unit? And I said, no, ma'am, if you go through us, we can't guarantee that it'd go to the four-star fund, which I quickly realized what that thing was, which is a general fund. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. So that's when I went back and I asked him, I said, well, what about if I started my own 501c3? Would you allow your unit to reach out to my org, tell me what the need is, I go directly to the vendor, make the purchase, and donate it to your unit? They said, yes, ma'am. So that's what I did. And um, when I started it, I didn't want to put myself in a box, you know what I mean? So, because there's like, I learned, I really listened, I met with the units, the surrounding units, and kind of got a feel of the different types of needs. And I was like, wow, there's just such a variety. So, when I started, I didn't want to just, you know, like, where we only provide one thing, you know what I mean? Like, um, so we donated anywhere from, a dog to a harness and everything in between. Uh, for those not kind of like up to date on um, the Baron story, um, he was on St. John's County Sheriff's Office, uh, his county dog. Yeah. And uh, I'm not even going to mention the dude's name. Um, but he was only, which we'll get into the whole what happened with the legislation here in a little while. Uh, but he was sentenced to five years probation for resisting and violence and injuring a police dog. When they found Baron, he was dead in a mud puddle. And the autopsy showed that he had mud in his lungs and his trachea. I don't they say it's a puddle, but it was a ditch. And uh, the dude took yeah. his harness off, and they found a, a dude's Chicago Bulls cap next to his hat. And he denied, He said it was his hat, but he denied um, that he was wearing it. Um, he took the dog's harness off that identified him as a sheriff's office dog and um, claimed that he didn't know that the dog belonged to the sheriff's office. He just thought it was some random dog. Uh, he also admitted that he heard the deputy yelling, stop the dog's going to bite you. But uh, he only got five years probation for that. He got 10 years for the cocaine charge um, after he yeah. turned himself in. But um, I just kind of want to give background to everybody that hasn't read that or doesn't know that story. But um, I think I got all that right, right? Yeah, well, in, yeah. The, in the news, of course, they said that he drowned Baron, which is not correct. You know what I mean? As far as it was, it had been raining that night, and... He literally held his head in the mud until he asphyxiated. Yeah, suffocated. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, it was just like, to me, I'm just like, so that's where we are. So I, that's the first part of our what we do, right? We wanted to fund whatever the need is. And as we've evolved, right, um, you know, the needs have evolved and I've kind of realized the things that are truly important. You know what I'm saying? Um, But the second part of what we do that was important to me was that I wanted to be able to honor all of these fallen canines. So that's where my buddy, Justin Rigney, which you guys know, um, referred me to Damon Jennings. So I called up Damon and I said, Hey, I want to, can you do me a, a portrait? I saw his artwork and I was like, man, this guy's awesome. So that's when we came up with the idea that we wanted to do an 18 by 24 canvas portrait of every fallen canine since Baron's death. Uh, and we 
actually mail it to the handler. So I think we're up to mm-hmm. 130 that we've done, unfortunately, since 2014. It's very nice you do that, but that is a sad number. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and especially, you know, today when we're recording this, which is what, June 16th, 17th, June 17th, 2020, um, there is kind of a, a national um, discussion going on about the funding of uh, stuff, law enforcement in general. And, you know, there's always canine. It seems like, you know, Eric talks about it all the time. He hates when people try and buy their way onto canine. You can't buy your way into fucking swap, but dudes will want to like, or, you know, handlers will want to get their own personal dog, which I'm not discouraging mm-hmm. anybody from doing that and then buy their way into um, the position, right? And it's usually sheriff's offices that allow people to do that um, for, you know, the politics of play and the other shit that's going on. But, you know, it always seems like canine has to justify um, their position all the time. Um, You know, and when we come back from the break here in a little while, I'll kind of, Eric and I will kind of talk about what we do at the HRD things, which makes it so important, but, and why canine is important, but everything else. But that was something that you recognized offhand. And I, I assume like as a civilian, you probably thought, well, shit, it's a police department. So, you know, the dogs are super well cared for. They're super well taken care of. The handlers get whatever yeah. they want. And I'm sure during that ride along, you were like, you got a what? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. And it was a, and I, you don't have to say the department you wrote, did the ride along with, but you know, you're like, man, this is a fairly large metropolitan area and you're still paying for stuff out of pocket. I mean, you know, and, and that's not uncommon. I mean, I, have, I have handlers, like I just give them stuff. Um, a lot of my handlers don't have their departments don't have a ton of money in Oklahoma. They don't get paid a lot either. And we just yeah. give them stuff, which is why, you know, Torchlight does um, my Tuesday night in service um, is accredited through the state for clean hours and everything else. And I don't charge anything. If you're in law enforcement and you want to, and you're in Oklahoma or shit, if you're, if you're in Kansas or wherever you're at, you want to come and train, I don't charge a dime for it on Tuesday nights. Um, it's a super important awesome. part of, it's a super important part of what we do. So yeah. um, I'm, so talk about how, a little bit, you know, you do this right along here, like, holy shit, you have to buy like all this stuff. And it was a shock to you, right? I mean, you're like, why? I mean, you don't have to buy your own gun. You don't have to buy your own, you don't have to buy your own fucking patrol car. Like, why do you have to buy all this other shit? Yeah, no, I was shocked. And I was like, you know, I mean, that's just not, I was like, that's crazy. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things that I just like, I didn't even tell my husband I was going to take the class. You know, it was, it was one of those things that everything just happened so quickly. And I'm extremely anal, and um, I'm just one of those, like I said, once I get something on my brain, it's like I'm on a mission, and I don't really stop. And it was it just things just started happening, you know, and I just kind of dove in. But I was like, it wasn't, and I started realizing the, the admin and, dealing with all that and all the political oh my gosh you know i could tell so many stories about that um but i was like you know i just can't i can't focus on any of that because that i have no control over you know what i'm saying so i was like i just want to supply the need so i immediately went to work on getting familiar with the companies you know and um, establishing relationships with them um you know to help our dollars go farther and really, I just leave, I left it up to the um, the units, 
you know, um, went through the proper chain of command, working with the sergeants and whatnot. And I let them tell me, you know what I mean? Like if they wanted a harness, I don't give a crap what harness it is. You know what I'm saying? I have no alliance to a certain one. So if they say, oh, we like a modern icon, then I call modern icon, you know? Um, it's not my job to tell the unit what they need, right? Um, but now that's where we have a fabulous, I have a fabulous board. I'm blessed um, to have a great team. So, for example, Jay Nix is on, our, is on my board, and um, he helps me. You know, back in, in the beginning, I did a lot of it on my own, right? But um, now Jay, he helps to kind of vet some of those requests, right? Um, like you're talking about, like, sometimes we go, we'll get a request for these uh, green units. You know, they don't, they're just starting up, and uh, they don't really know what they need. You know, um, so Jay handles all of that and he guides them and he tells them what they need, you know, but we try to fund, we don't, we don't fund wants. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we fund needs because there's too many needs across the U.S. So we don't, we don't fund wants. Um, and we prioritize and Jay is a, a tremendous, tremendous blessing to me to be able to do that. And he's such a awesome human being that most of the time he goes above and beyond um to truly help guide those teams you know absolutely we've had a couple of teams um semi-local uh that have reached out to canines united and gotten in contact with jay and he's like where are you and they're like oh we're in a, a town semi-close to you. They're <laughs> like holy shit you're close to tulsa you need to call these guys and, um, you know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And putting, and same thing, like if, you know, I, I mean, there's been some other conversations about people in other parts of the country and we're like, Oh, call these people because or call this counter or call these guys or get in contact with these guys and they will definitely help you with whatever it is that you need. And, you know, I mean, that's how, um, we got a handler school starting on a couple of weeks, uh, with a guy, uh, the dog was uh, initially very well selected. Um, I'll put it that way, um, was not well trained. Um, yeah. and then the handler got a three day handler school and <sighs> that was that, that's like three days for a dual purpose dog. And he's a sharp kid, right? Like, but he came to training yeah. one night, you know, cause, uh, you and Jay both reached out to me and they're like, Hey, this guy's from this town. And I said, yeah, okay, cool. He can come and he shows up and I'm asking him all these questions. He's like, and he has no idea what I'm talking about. I'm like, where the fuck did you like what? And I was polite, but I'm thinking to myself and I'm standing there and Travis is standing there with me and, Sh and Scott's standing there. And I think Sean was here too. And we're all like, wait, what now? You know? And he would say something yeah. and he's like, I have no idea what's going on. And, or he would say, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, holy shit. And yeah. so, um, I was like, God dang, this guy needs, you know, and, and his heart's in the right place. He needs help and he's in a town yeah. that needs the dog and I'm like, bro, we got to do something. So, right. Um, yeah, no, exactly. We don't want teams to fail. Right. So that's a beautiful thing about, you know, well, obviously there are some people in this industry, right. That are, they're not in it for the right reasons. I've mm -hmm. come, I've learned a lot over the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> and so we really surround ourselves with the good ones. Right. Um, the good ones that we know that do good, right. um, 
and really want to see to further the canine industry. So <clears throat> when we get these calls, you know, we've established relationships all over to where we know where to guide them and we know they're going to be taken care of, right? And we know that they're going to make sure um, that they put them in the right direction and not just for, you know, the almighty, you know what I mean? There's just, I won't get on a tangent, but anyway, there are some people that are just in it for the wrong reasons. I'll just say that. Thank you guys for taking care of, uh, of that team and making sure that they get on the right track. Oh, he's got a nice dog. That dog can find drugs and he will bite people. Like bet that, and he try he that dog. I had to crawl over a kennel to get away from him the other day because he was coming after me. I'm like, nope, <laughs> not today. <laughs> so no, he he will definitely bite people. So oh yeah, no, he's he's when he gets done with us, he's gonna be he'll be squared away. I'll make sure he's squared away for sure. Good, 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 good. Did you um? So when you have Jay now on the board and he's vetting people and things, have you um? And maybe even before that, come across just flat out con artists that are trying to just basically steal money from you? Um, you know, we've never really come across that. We've come across some teams that we've had to, or a team that we've had to politely say, you're not ready. You know? Um, right. We've had some, you know, that have wanted to start a a canine unit you know they're the first one an agency or whatnot and we politely say you know you're not ready you know uh you don't have you have good intentions right you want to do the hard but you don't have support if you don't have support from your admin and your it's not going to work doesn't matter how much you do you know or how much we donate right i mean we could donate x y and z but if you don't have the support of your uh agency and the admin is you're going to fail oh yeah the idea for canine has to start at the top if it doesn't start at the top and you're at the bottom and you have to go pitch it to them and they're like well uh go go find this and find that and bring come back with some numbers they're just appeasing you that's it they're just giving you busy work so you'll shut up so uh again and i i've said this Numerous times, because Ted and I see it all the time. Guys, the idea must come from the top. Yeah. It's 2020. It you shouldn't have to write up a proposal to explain the why canines are so good. And you know what? Like, why yeah. it's important. Well, there are people that think we didn't land on the moon and that the earth is flat too. And by, and anti-vaxxers are real. So, and there are police administrators <laughs> that think the canine is not valuable. Uh, so, I mean, shit's weird. So, you know, and yep. I see it, there's a group on, on a social media side on the Facebook, um, that does a really good job. Jake Simmons does a good job of moderating it. And 95% of the stuff on there is very informative, but I mean, God, how many times, and I'm not criticizing anybody for asking, but I see weekly, I see fucking things about like, oh, I'm starting my own canine unit. Can somebody send me a proposal? I'm like, fuck my life. Mm. And I know I read it yeah. and I'm like, and you know, just kind of sometimes if, if I see it, I'll say, Hey, just shoot me an email. And I have one that's pre-written that's, you know, really good and written in admin speak. 
and is, you know, it's very well written. It's very well thought out. It has all the stuff in it. It, it covers everything from the car to the extra pay, like what to expect, all relevant case law from the Supreme Court, stuff that most admins don't consider. And I do in there say, you know, the liability problem comes from admins. It doesn't come from canine handlers. Like if you look at the totality of a lot of the case law that's out there, a lot of it is failure to supervise. Um, failure to supervise and yeah. failure to pay. So, like, they don't want to pay. I, God, I, the last time I counted, there was like a, 217 cases of canine handlers suing their department because they refused to give them their extra 30 minutes a day. Sometimes the, the department, to their credit, they didn't understand. They're like, well, shit, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. And you're like, okay, well, it's not that big of a deal. Let's just do it. And then there are some that are adversarial about it. They're full on like, nope, we're not going to do it. Fuck you. And you got a dog. That's enough. And I'm like, well, it's not really a decision, dude. <laughs> like, you have to. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not like a, a debate. You don't have to go ask city council. Like, you don't have to go ask the county commissioners. Like, it's the fucking law. Like, yeah. So just yeah. do it. And, you know, so I put the big, like, bullet points in there, and I, like, highlight some of the stuff. I take some of the stuff out of some of the decisions, and I say, you know, this is what you need to pay attention to. And 90% of the time I get information back. If I hear anything back from people, they say, oh, I didn't know that. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> so that's why we tell yeah. you. So because you're exactly right. And Eric's exactly right. Like it's got to come from the top down. If we don't, like if you just show up and you're like, oh, I got this dog. And the sheriff's department's like, oh, great. Go ahead. You know, run him, do whatever. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, you got to pay for this, 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 and this. And they're like, whoa, hold on a second. Like, no, I don't. And you're like, yeah, actually you do. So yeah. in a lot of states, it's a statute thing. Um, if a dog and, you know, like Oklahoma is one of those states that has a mandatory certification requirement. And if that dog, and that's one of the things that they do um, for some of those uh, labor disputes is they're like, is the dog property of the sheriff's department or police department? Yeah. Is it a duly certified police dog, you know, a police animal doing, you know, this, that, and the other? And they're like, yeah, here's a certification. And they're like, okay, so there's no question that the dog is doing legitimate police work, regardless of how he got there. Nope. Well, you got to fucking pay him. I don't know what you want me to tell you. And they want to fight him on it. Like, and it fucking floors me. And, yeah. you know, it, it highlights another, it, it's a perfect example of Eric just said, it's got to come from the top down. So, um, oh, you know, yeah. And it's, 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 it's endemic and especially in this teeny tiny little portion of our industry of law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. No, and we, you know, sometimes most of the time when we get a, we get a request for, uh, you know, I can tell as far as if they're just, you know, really starting out, but they, um, most of the time they will start by saying, my chief, you know, so I'm like, okay, now, so you did, you did the right way, right? You did get permission from the top. Um, but then, you know, sometimes we've got these that are just, you could just tell they're just anxious, um, handlers. They want to start a career, right? Um, and they don't, they're like, go back to admin, (laughs) you know, first. Yeah. But it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, we see all kinds of stuff. I was going to say, you know, a lot of people, people always ask us all the time, you know, like, you know, what do you get the most requests for, you know, and truly we get more requests for heat alarms and inserts, you know, our average, our average donation 
when we make a donation, I mean, we don't donate like a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there, or whatever the case may be. Our, I mean, our average donation is probably close to three thousand dollars. Whenever we make a donation, oh. you know, I mean, you guys know how expensive the inserts are. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, they ain't cheap. No, and and that in there too, you know, we have a great relationships with all of them: American Aluminum, Satina, you know, Havis. I mean. There again, it doesn't matter to us which kind, right? Which, you know, which one, you know, we have a great relationship with all of them. And it's just a matter of all of us partnering together. Sometimes, actually, we've, I've been blessed to be able to um, build a great relationship with Dana Safety Supply. Uh, they're pretty much all over now. Um, but they do all the installations for law enforcement. But, um, Sometimes we'll even cover the installation. Um, you know, I've had agencies that it's just not in the budget, you know, as far as to cover even the installation. So we have a great relationship with them and we'll arrange. A lot of times I'll have the heat alarm sent directly to, um, you know, to them and then arrange the installation, you know. So we do a lot behind the scenes. Um we do a lot of stuff like that, you know, connecting people, relationships, all of that kind of stuff, just to make sure that it gets taken care of. Yeah, that's nice. No, I was just going to say, backing up to what Ted was saying, um, when we see the stuff on the Facebook pages, um, I'm always amazed at how many guys get on there and say, hey, looking to start a canine program, we have zero budget, nothing. Yeah. Does anybody have a free insert from a 1983 Ford Crown Vic? Do you have this? Where can I get a free dog? Where can I get this? Where can I get yeah. that? Guys, when, when you're listening to this stuff and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to call Canines United because we have no budget. Come on, You guys got to pull your weight. I mean, right. a, a place yeah. like Canines United is not, a, is not the fountain of youth for your, for your canine no. unit. It's not like an ATM machine. Like she's saying, mm -hmm. they'll help you. Listen, them buying you an insert and installing an insert for you is unbelievable. But you got to have the car. You got to have the dog. You got to yeah. pay for the food. <laughs> There's listen. So so if you have no budget, you cannot cannot start a canine unit. And and I still I still say that if any agency says they have no budget for canine, they're lying. They're hundred yeah. percent lying. They just don't want it to be a priority. Yep. Because they yep. have money for SWAT. I guarantee. Oh, dude, yep. my home sheriff's office is a prime example of that. And I don't give a shit if they hear it. I live in Tulsa County. I live in one of the uh, 50 largest, most populated counties in the country. Uh, very large sheriff's department. Zero fucking dogs. And um, they have a new sheriff. Uh, he came from TPD. Um, he's a good dude. He means well. Um, he's doing a good job uh, given everything else that's going on that's not related to current events, but just in general here. Uh, but that's always the response is, oh, we don't have any money for it, even though the deputies ask for it, right? Because the yeah. city has a fantastic canine unit. TPD is one of the best run in the country and one of the most professional canine units I've ever come in contact with. Um, everything from the lieutenants and their sergeants are like 20-year veterans of canine um, and they do a good job of, of making the baby handlers make really, really good choices. 
Um, they got there from making mistakes, but shit happens. So they don't make any mistakes, a lot of mistakes anymore. But um, sheriff's office, you know, they tell us that they don't have, or they tell their deputies or whoever that they don't have money. But then they completely rebadge every fucking patrol car, and they the entire SWAT team gets you know quarter of a million dollars worth of new suppressors from Surefire, and they're like, oh, that was a grant. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, you gotta be fucking kidding yeah. me. So, and Eric's right. I mean, there's always money for SWAT. And that's the thing. Like, that's the sheriff's thing. Like, that's just, it is what it is. No, and I've, I've actually had, you know, calls and talks with, you know, admin, you know, as far as about. Um, but honestly, truly, I've never really seen change unless there's leadership change. You know what I mean? As far as, like, right, mm. you know, as of now, I'm not going to say names, but, you know, there's an agency that, the sheriff could give two shits about the canine unit, period. And so, therefore, it made it trickles down. You know, they're not going to, they're not supported. Well, thank goodness he's um, leaving soon. And it's, they're going to have new leadership that does um, appreciate the canine unit. You know, so it'd be totally different. But, you know, I mean, you don't really see any change until something like that happens, unfortunately. The problem is it can be systemic too. So if you're, it's nice if you're seeing that where, you know, you have a leadership change and then somebody coming up behind them who probably grew up, so to speak, under that person doesn't have the same, you know, mentality towards it. Um, and, And everybody looks at the short term that, you, this is a thing you have to fund all the time for years. Yeah. You have vet bills. Yeah. You have to pay for food. Um, I think, Jim, was it Jimmy Hatch, Ted, that said that they have, at uh, their charity, have bought food for dogs? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know. I've met a lot of agency guys, you know, guys that work at the department, say they refuse to buy food for my dog. Food. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, come on. Yeah. You and shouldn't even have a It's canine. just so amazing. No. And it's so amazing that there's people like you, um, you know, that can fill in some of the gaps. You know, it's, I mean, it's tough. I, I don't know. I, I know no, the desire guys and, have to be in the canine. And I want to give an example here real quick because in, for everybody listening to this, if you're an administrator or you're a sheriff's department, um, a, one of my dogs is on a sheriff's department that's relatively small. Um, they do have their fair share of work. Uh, they have a couple of our dogs. One of their dogs has been super successful. Um, their under sheriff is all about it, right? He's all about canine. And um, the dog working is like eight or nine years old. Um, inevitably, he had to have a tooth replaced, not from anything other than just biting the shit out of people. So the tooth got replaced, another one cracked, and it had nothing to do with anything related to genetics or anything else other than just overuse, right? And um, there was a little bit of a bite issue um, in terms of like how the teeth interacted with each other. Uh, So on an eight-year-old dog, this sheriff's department chose to replace all four teeth. And this is a small sheriff's department. They have like 40, less than 40 deputies. And they inherently know the value that that dog, and specifically the one I'm talking about, um, even though the other two didn't need to be replaced, they were just like, fuck this, just do them all now and just get it over with and be done with it. And, I mean, 
on an eight-year-old dog. I know sheriff's departments that would be, or the cities would be like, well, fuck it, retire him. Just he's done, whatever else. But yeah. that dog is so successful, and he's such a huge part of that department in terms of the success of them finding bad guys that they uh, they were like, yeah, no, this is this is vitally important. So if anybody's like, oh, we don't have the budget, that's fucking bullshit. Like, I mean, this department is average at best in terms of size and, and probably below average in budget, and they managed to fucking make that work. So um, that said, their handler squared away. He knows his shit, and he doesn't make mistakes. So... Um, but cause he's one of ours, but, um, <laughs> he's, uh, but they're there, they're out there. Those departments are out there. And if you're an administrator listening to this and you're not, it's such a small time commitment on your part to just be like, to be there and to be interactive with this, you know, it's not that big of a deal and it's just the cost of doing business. You don't bitch when you, oh, actually they do when they have to replace tires and put gas in cruisers, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's kind of the cost of doing business. I mean, you feed dogs and you put gas in cars. I don't know what you want me to say. Well, we, you know, I'll, I'll share this with you. We, you know, like, I really do try to listen as far as to the handlers, and we really do try to do a good job on providing whatever the need is. And, you know, like I said, I mean, most, it's challenging for us, right, as an org, because sometimes, because, I mean, we're not like some of these other nonprofits that are out there and nothing against them by any means. You know, I mean, some of them do a good job. Some of them don't do a good job. You know what I mean? I've just come across quite a bit, but we don't, uh, we do a lot, right? So if from a donor perspective, you know, like we don't, we're not like vested interests or we're not like, uh, for example, we don't buy just one thing. We don't buy just a vest. You know, for example, I mean, I think I don't know if they do any more than that, but I'm just using that as an example. Um, so it's pretty straightforward, right? Well, with us, it's completely different. We do a lot. We buy a lot of different things. And one of the things that we kept hearing over and over uh, or that we kept coming across was training. And we... And I'll just use a, a local, we came up with the idea and I was like, you know what? I wonder if we just put on a seminar. So dealing with some of these agencies and the admins, they weren't going to send them, you know, as far as they're always worried about the cost. So I said, well, what about if Canines United hosted a seminar locally, you know, and I had built a rapport with a lot of these, um, lieutenants and whatnot. And, um, they said, well, yeah, we trust you, Debbie. So if you do the seminar, you know, we'll send our guys. So that's, so that's where we choose to because the training is so, so, so important. And, you know, you guys know as far as you have to, con they have to constantly train, but a lot of them will not send their teams for any kind of advanced training. Um, and to me, it's critical. I mean, that was like a, that was like a no brainer. So we were like, yeah, let's do it. You know? So we like to pour our money into that. I mean, as long as we've been in, we will be five years old this year. And I could probably say that we have maybe donated 10 vests. I never get requests for a vest. You know what I mean? And if I do, uh, it depends on where they're at. <laughs> as far as yeah. in Florida, I mean, as you know, I mean, 
and we'll talk, I know you're probably going to ask me about this in a minute, but, you know, like, for example, canine Fang, the Fang's death in September 2018 is, his death is what um, prompted me to, to pursue legislation. A vest wouldn't have helped Fang, you know? Uh, anyway, I won't get off on a tangent about that. I mean, it's great that some, hmm. as far as do, but it's, it's just not practical in Florida. It's just, it's, it's, it's too hot. It's too hot. They're, and I'm just going by what the handlers, you know, telling me. So basically, 10 vests in five years, so you can see how many that we don't. We ra- we would rather put that money towards, um, you know, the training, the heat alarms, the, the inserts, the, you know, bike suits. We buy a lot of bike suits. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, that's I got cool. off on a little bit of a tangent there. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Tangents are good. That's what Ted and I <laughs> live on, tangents. <laughs> We're the, both freaking Malinois, so. I have um, it on a T-shirt. We're going to go ahead and take a break right now. Right. Okay. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and take a break. We come back. We're going to get into um, kind of uh, uh, HRD's relationship with um, Canines United, kind of where everything's headed in the future. And, um, like, what you can do, what you guys can do to help. We'll be right back. And Ray Allen Canine Manufacturing, it's no secret that we love Ray Allen Canine Equipment. We use their products every single day. Their mission statement says it all, to be a world leader in quality and innovation of professional canine equipment for police, military, Schutzen, and ring sport to exceed our customers' expectations and delivery on time, every time, at a fair price. We full-heartedly believe they've held true to that since it is our go-to one-stop shop for everything dog. One of the longtime sponsors of Working Dog Radio from the beginning has been Highland Canine in North Carolina. Tactical Police Canine, a.k.a. Highland Canine in North Carolina, offers training, seminars, and consulting globally for police, military, and non-government agencies. They provide customized training programs to address specific problems and meet the needs of your organization. Check out their wide array of handler courses, instructor courses, supervisor courses, and online courses at tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. Jason and Aaron Ferguson are two of our most favorite people, and they have been with us since the beginning, so hit them up. We get it. Fueling a working dog can be tough, but they need that high-quality food to give them the energy and nutrients that they require for the work we ask them to do. Kinetic Dog Food has a great balance of healthy meats and grains and is made specifically for working and sporting dogs. They have a full line of foods and supplements available, and they've been working to perfect their line with thousands of dogs and hundreds of departments across the U.S., and you can buy it locally, online, or at Tractor Supply. Another one of our favorite partnerships is with the one and only Dogtra. These guys are producing some amazing tools in the dog training world, everything from e-collars, GPS tracking, ball training, Bark collars. If it's electronic, Dogtra is the best. They are truly revolutionizing the way you communicate with your dog. Plus, they give us a great discount code. Go to Dogtra.com. Everybody hears me say all the time, you can't teach dogs to bite people and act shocked when they do. Inevitably, I get bit. You've all heard me talk about how I get tagged and being tagged by a dog sucks. So I've used Quick Term uh, to help myself. Uh, but before... 
I had to go to the doctor's office. Uh, it, it definitely helped keep down infection and everything else. And I've had some uh, non-scarring because of it too. So it's pretty good, but it's no exaggeration. The stuff is great. Once daily treatment for any skin condition on small wounds to help stop little issues from becoming big ones that your admins are sure to love. It comes in a spray, comes in an ointment, it comes in a dressing. Quick Derm is great at creating protective barrier and promoting wound healing. There's no reason not to have a bottle of this in the patrol car, your kennel, or your first aid cabinet. Plus, it's, it's uh, temperature stable. So you can keep it in the patrol car when it's cold, when it's hot, whenever, and it'll still be good. Make sure you hit them up at vetcare.us and use the discount code 10WDR for a discount on your first purchase, which is going to be 10%. Have you ever dreamed of having your own kennel but don't know where to start? Horizon Structures has taken all of the guesswork out of building a kennel. Everything is pre-built to your specifications and preferences and then assembled and dropped off at your land. Boom! New kennels. And these things are amazing. You've got to see them to truly believe them. Their website, horizonstructures.com, is a one-stop shop. Build your best kennel, your favorite things you want. Check it out, horizonstructures.com. All right, everybody, Working Dog Radio, we are back. Thanks for uh, checking in on the uh, advertisers that we got. We got some great sponsors, lots of good discount codes. Um, those of you who skipped it, be sure to check the show notes. It's all written in there. Same thing for you folks on Patreon. For those of you who don't know, on patreon.com, Working Dog Radio, the episodes come out a day early, commercial-free. But at the bottom, all the stuff's listed there, so you can still get the discount codes. Go check us out on Patreon.com. Um, we are back with Debbie Johnson from Canines United. Um, so, Debbie, uh, before we – I want to get in that legislature uh, thing here in a minute. But um, So my big thing is, and I, I preach this all the time, and I, I'm so happy that you guys are doing this, and it's the um, and you touched on it a little bit in the first half of the show is about the heat alarms. Um, I still, I still just don't understand how the dogs are dying in hot cars. I I don't get it. I mean, um, I, I I I don't. I still I have heard of agencies and there's several of them where the handlers are not allowed to run the car. They're not allowed to leave it running with the air conditioning on because the boss is mad about how much gas it's using um so uh. they have to either take them into their department and then um or, or leave them out in the hot car which which is just purely insanity to me um sure but yeah. uh talk talk a little bit about kind of how that started for you with the heat alarms and and how it's taken off and where it's gone well, we, so I, that was one of the things that I heard about was the equipment. So I just dove in and educated myself on the heat alarms. And that's when I started building the relationship with Ace Canine. And so I started learning about all the different components, right? I mean, it's, 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 um, there's more options. So when I started getting requests for heat alarms, I was like, well, hang on, well, do you have like the base, you know? And so I actually winded up educating some of these agencies because as you guys know, sometimes whoever's making the purchase, right, is, a, is just some pencil purchaser there that has no idea how the hell a canine unit works, right? So they're the ones that's ordering the equipment. Well, they have no idea. 
Um, so they're buying just the heat, the base heat alarm. Um, so I always educate them and say, Hey, well, you know, you can add on the ACE watchdog, you know, you can add on the no canine left behind. And so I educate them and explain to them what they am. But more, most of the time when we get a request, we automatically buy all three components. So if it's single purpose dog, obviously it doesn't need the hot and pop you know, the base heat alarm pro, we get all that information. And um, I'm like, and we add on the ACE watchdog, which is the technology that goes to the handler's phone, right? Um, I've actually had some agencies, believe it or not, tell me that they will not, they can't accept the ACE watchdog because after the first year, there's a $169 annual technology fee. <laughs> Okay. And what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, really? $169 a year. That would, so you would rather take a chance and have a hot car death than pay a freaking fee for $169. Um, so sometimes we have actually covered that fee. So the first year it's free with Ace Canine. Um, or, you know, we'll say, okay, we'll, we'll cover it for the second year, but your admin's got to be on board to do or whatnot. But, um, and then we automatically, because it's so inexpensive, we automatically buy the no canine left behind, which Ace Canine came out with that feature a few years ago, strictly because of hot car death. So if the main system was to fail or malfunction, it's a whole separate alarm that goes on the back door. So if that back door is not open within a certain amount of time, a whole separate alarm goes off. So when we buy a heat alarm, we automatically buy all three. We don't buy just the base. And so, you know, it, it averages out to, you know, a little over $2,000 for one heat alarm. You know, I mean, they have different components, but, you know, the retail, uh, the, the base or the hot pop is about 900 bucks, 899 You know, same with the watchdog. And then the add-on, the no can I left behind is only a hundred dollars. And then we also add the stall sensor and we also buy the fan that goes with it, you know, but, um, that to me is the true need. You know, I mean, we, we actually, we donated one, uh, ACE watchdog not long ago. And, um, the handler called me and he was like, thank God you guys bought me that. He was on a call. He was away from his car and he started getting an alert on his um, phone that the temperature was rising in his vehicle and come to find out his AC malfunctioned. Yep, he probably has a Tahoe. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, they, they're notorious for their air conditioning units going out. If you're driving a Tahoe and, and you're listening to this, and Chevy, I love you to death, I'm sorry, but that shit happens. Yeah. Like I've had two handlers that have had Tahoes that their air conditioning units have gone out. So, I mean, it is I'm what it is. I'm hearing the Fords now, too, actually. No, uh, that's that's the that's the uh, just carbon dioxide getting pumped into the fucking <laughs> into the. Now we got to yeah. put CO two CO two sensors in there for dogs too. Yeah, <laughs> gosh. Well, to me, that's more of a need, and we buy a crap load of heat alarms. You know, um, we do a lot of heat alarms. Great. The more, the merrier. You know. No, you never can. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, we've, we've had, uh, you know, 
like I said, some of these guys, just amazing to me sometimes. I could go into too many stories with some of these agencies and the fleet and, oh, my gosh, some of them are real pain in the ass to deal with as far as um, I just don't understand it. I'm like, how do y'all get anything done? You know, I'm one of those. I'm like, just get in there and get it done. Um, so sometimes, depending on the situation, you know, like I said, we'll call Dana Safety Supply and say, because they're a certified installer of the heat alarms, and I'll say, hey, can you guys install this for this agency? You know, that way I know it's done and it's done correctly. Anyway, that's all another story. <laughs> Absolutely. So when um, Baron, uh, when uh, some St. John's County was killed, that dude got um, five years probation for that charge, um, which yeah. I get it. And I don't send me hate mail. Anybody listening to this, but dog and I believe me, I'm a damn dog trainer. I'm a canine trainer. Believe me. I know dogs are not equipment. However, there's a lot of people and you know, there's a lot of stuff going on um, with people saying, Oh, dogs are more than equipment and everything else. Everybody knows they're more than equipment. We know they're animals. We get it. Horses are treated the same way. Um, so, you know, when a canine handler chooses to move out of the unit and they still have a dog with a working life, they don't get to fucking keep them. The dog belongs to the sheriff's department or belongs to the city or whoever the agency is. Um, it is considered equipment. Federal courts consider the dog, um, equipment. So when they, when that dude, um, killed Baron, um, it was kind of the equivalent, not really, but it was kind of the equivalent of him, like fucking up a like a patrol car or something i mean he got like five years probation or something right so Mm -hmm. it didn't really kind of um address the whole living creature and the whole you know how we as americans view a dog anyway not necessarily just police officers in general so kenan's united um you and jay uh were a large push behind um some legislation that was changed so talk about that a little bit yeah that was um so um Another canine, Canine Fang, was killed literally in my my home agency, Jack, Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, where I where I actually live. Um, was killed on September 30th, 2018, um, and it was all that over over again. You know, what I mean, all those feelings all over again. I've always wanted to pursue legislation because it was just so weak in Florida. It was only considered a third degree felony ever since I started Canines United, but you know, it's a whole, it's a lot of work starting a nonprofit from the ground up. But when Fang was killed, I was like, okay, I got to do this. This is crazy. So I immediately started a petition like that night when I got the call that night. And the next morning I was on the hunt for a senator. Uh, long story short, I reached out to a senator. I found, um, he actually called me um call me back because he actually saw me do an interview they called me for an interview um on tv to talk about it and i made them aware that it was only a third degree felony he saw it he called me up he said hey what do you want to do and i said well i said i want to i've already got the draft i said i want to make a second degree felony uh you know uh utah just recently passed it so my buddy chad uh, you guys some of you guys may know chad reyes when canine dingo was killed uh, he was instrumental in getting Utah's law passed, second degree. And so our, we were like, we have the draft, we have everything. I want you to sponsor it. And he was like, 
all right, let's do it. So I had no idea what I was doing. I'm not in the political world at all. Um, and then he was like, all right, you need to find somebody on the house side. So I hit the ground running, <laughs> um, hmm. found a sponsor on the house side and um, just garnered as much support as I possibly could get. And um, then he sponsored the bill. And the next thing I know, I'm up in Tallahassee and, you know, you have to go through, you have to, um, it has to pass um, three committees on the House and the Senate side. So if you don't make it through one committee, you don't go to the next. You know, you're dead in the water. Um, mm -hmm. So I made like 12 trips up to Tallahassee, um, which is about two and a half hours from me. Um, went up to Tallahassee and, you know, just arranged for canine units and testified before every committee hearing, you know, and told them exactly how Fang was killed um, and what we wanted to do. So I gradually, so this was, he was killed in September 30th, 2018. We probably proposed this and did this in like November, um, or he said he was sponsored in November. It was a whirlwind. It was an absolute whirlwind. Um, we slowly started getting through each committee and I was, we passed. And then it had to go to the house floor, and you had to get past that. Um, and if there again, if you didn't pass, you were dead in the water. And then it went to the governor's. Um, once it passed the floor, then it went to the governor's desk for signing. And uh, I got word that um, after it was passed, I got word that the governor wanted to have a memorial signing. And I was so naive, right, because I'm not used to this political stuff, um, that I thought it was just a photo op. You know what I mean? Like, you just go for a photo op with the governor and blah, blah, blah. And um, it was like, no. And I didn't have hardly any, not much support. I'll just say that. Um, you got to think about it. I'm a civilian, and people in the law enforcement world, it's, it's, that's a hard nut to crack. You know, because at first they thought I was crazy. They, you know, like, what does this woman want? Um, so when I started talking about the bill, it was automatic. Oh, you know, we've got bills that we're working on that, you know, we've had for two or three years. You know, don't think that you're going to get this passed. You know, it's kind of that type of thing, you know? Everybody loves dogs. Um, <laughs> Even yeah, shithead yeah. politicians. So. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, you never know until you try. <laughs> that was my mindset. So um, they were just kind of like, good luck. You know what I mean? Um, and some of these big groups, you know, they were like, oh, well, we support you, but we're not going to go up and stand up. You know, they do what's called a wave in support. Um, but they're not actually go to the committee and speak on your behalf or anything like that. So anyway, when I found out the governor, and so um, I'll never forget, I was I was nervous as hell. Um, the governor's office called me the day before the actual memorial signing, and then I learned that that's rare, that all the bills that are passed in a year, it's very few that get a memorial signing. So they called me the day before, and they said, oh, well, the governor wants you to introduce him, and he also wants you to speak. I'm like, what the hell? I didn't have no speech ready. So I called Matt, which is Fang's handler. 
And um, I said, Matt, I said, they want me to speak, man. So he was going to meet me up there. And so he said to me, he said, Debbie, he said, I want you to think about every one of them sons of bitches that didn't think you could do it. <laughs> and I said, so it stuck with me. So when we got up there, it just, everything just came out, um, you know, the speech and all. But, um, yeah, so we passed it to, we tripled it. So now it's a second-degree felony in the state of Florida, uh, 15 years, Um up to $15,000. So before it was third degree and it was the same as if you stole something of $300 or value or more or less, you know, $300 or less is what the penalty was before. But now it's a second degree. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, you mentioned, um, Digo and, um, the, the Utah, <clears throat> yeah, the the Utah law and um, Oklahoma's passed a similar law. Eric, does Ohio have one like that? Yeah, it's the Jethro law. Um, oh, that's right. Uh, the yeah, the law was uh, misdemeanor, and then right right at the Jethro, one of the um, state legislators proposed it at the same time. So there's a weatherman named Dick Goddard here who is a, a Cleveland weatherman for he's probably 400 years old. He um, he uh, proposed, because he's a big animal guy, huge animal guy, he proposed this um, law for harming any animals, you know. And um, so they put it all together, Goddard's Law and Jethro's Law, and made it a, um, it's either third or second degree felony for harming or killing a police dog or horse in Ohio now. Um, and it's unfortunate. And listen, it was a unanimous vote, too, like, Ryan and I had to go down. We had to speak before the the Senate, I think we were at. And um, it was unanimous, both sides. Everybody um, everybody was on board. There was nobody even, they didn't try to attach anything to it, bull crap. Everything was pretty straightforward. And uh, yeah. so that was, that was pretty neat. Well, yeah, so I don't know if it's, so we included the mounted units as well. And ours, so ours is any, um, Obviously, working canine, uh, search and rescue, fire search and rescue, um, or mounted units. But um, I believe there's only three, after our research, um, that is a second degree that it's enhance up their penalties. So actually, right now, I'm in the process, and obviously, it's going to be a, a larger undertaking. But um, we are in the process of um, pursuing federal legislation since there are so many other states um, that just have such weak. I mean, some are some of them are even less than third degree felony um, in some of the states. So um, we are trying. I'm actually working with one of the U.S. congressmen now um, to pursue federal, and we're also trying to pull, put it in there um, too that any. Um, can be any critically injured canine can be transported via EMS. Uh, we just had a situation here in Florida about two months ago with ATF dog. Uh, that there, there was an electrical um, issue in the Tahoe, actually the Tahoe, um, it caught fire. Um, they had a hell of a time getting the canine out. Um, and the fire chief made the command decision to transport the canine via EMS, which they're not supposed to. Um, and the, you know, the canine made it, 
thank goodness. But um, the chief got blowback, a lot of blowback for making that call. What? Yeah. From who? Um, I think California's like that, too. No, that didn't surprise me. But who did he get blowback from? The, uh, from what I understand, I think it was the city. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. I mean, so it's like, so we're going to try to fight that as far as while we're at it. Because, I mean, to me, it's just like a no-brainer. I'm like, why? Why? It doesn't happen often. You know what I mean? It doesn't happen often. You can't transport. You would rather spend money on you know, getting another dog and just the hours and everything that goes into and putting another canine on the street. I just don't get the mentality at all whatsoever. But I mean, there's some places like where I live, um, our EMS is privatized. Um, so it's, we have fire paramedics on TFD, but we have a private company that serves as the like paramedic transport. So I can kind of, I mean, I'm sure there's yeah. some provisions somewhere for. I don't know how that's not that's way above my pay grade, and that's not something I do. Like it's not my thing. So, but I, I mean, that's one objection I can see. But I can't imagine the city being like, oh, I mean, they'll pay for a dog, but they won't. I don't fucking yeah. Yeah, well, that's not even, but, yeah, that's wow. Yeah, no, in the state of Florida, you can't. You know, legally, you can't. You know, transport, and it's a like that in a lot of states. What was that dog? Um, Ah, gosh. No, it wasn't the dog. It was actually the Candler. Was it Sean in um, Boston? Was it Boston? Oh. No, uh, Worcester, Mass. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. stabbed him. Yeah, Beebs. Can I Beebs? The guy's been to two of our HRDs. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I know one of the states passed where they can transport um, um, the canines via MS. I can't remember. But... Yeah, no. So that's that's the next. Um, you know, uh, to me, all the ha- all of them should be enhanced. You know, I mean, right now, not a lot is being done in Washington, <laughs> right? As far as, but we uh, hope to propose that that right. bill in the fall. So, you know, uh, we're going to need all the support we can get as far as on that, just to make it across the board. You know. Well, we'll see. Like I said, you can't, you well, never know until you try, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can make, you made changes already in Florida and hopefully we can, you know, get sweeping a little bit. Um, what else, uh, what, what, what does the future besides that look like for Canines United? We actually have, um, you know, we just want to continue as far as to grow and, um, we really want to be able to um, do more as far as for the training. Um, we actually are on the beginning stages of um, proposing to build a dedicated canine training facility here in Northeast Florida. And, you know, there's not one. Um, you know, and as you guys know, most of these agencies have to beg, plead, and borrow abandoned buildings and so on and so forth. Um, so we have a lot of support. Uh, we actually have an architect that's working on a rendering right now. Um, and working, we're, we're looking for land to where all of our surrounding agencies, um, can have a place 
as far as to train, uh, we can have a facility that um, we can host seminars. You know what I mean? Like we would love to be able to do that because we recognize that training is just a huge, uh, a huge factor, a huge need. Um, and so that's our next big project coming up. So hopefully yep. we'll have our own facility and we'll be able to host some um, awesome seminars and just everyday training because we have, I don't know, quite a few training, uh, quite a, quite a few canines just in our immediate area. They can make use of it all the time, you know? Yeah. It'd be, um, it'd be a, probably an easy sell to get people to come to Florida for seminars. I would guess. <laughs> make yeah. your seminars in December. Especially in November, <laughs> November, December, January. <laughs> yeah. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. So we, we, we want to be able to have a place to host it, right? As far as in, you know, bring in the trainers um, to come in to help these teams. And when we do that, you know, see, I didn't want to deal with some of the admin, right? Some of the admin were like, oh, I don't know, Debbie. So that's when, when we host them, it's no charge to the agency. You know what I mean? As far as oh, Canines United oh. is hosting it. So I don't get that blowback from the agencies. Oh, I can't, you know, you know, listen, it's free. How can you say no to your teams? And it, and it works. I mean, you know, one of the last seminars that we had uh, locally in, in Jacksonville, you know, we had 45 guys, 45, I think it was a little over 45 guys um, at our seminar from, you know, multiple different agencies. Um, so we do that. We want it. We don't want to give the admins any reason to say no, right? We just want to make sure that the teams get the training that they, that they need and deserve. Right. So we wanted to take that equation out of it. Right. So our right. job, um, like you, you've ahead. already helped through us through HRD. You've already helped tons of people. Um, yeah. I don't know, like. I don't know how many people you guys have sponsored to go through HRD, but it's, I love it every single time. I'm like, uh, that, you know, Ted talks about it a lot. This is a, um, it's always a use of force when you use the dog always. So why not get advanced yeah. training on it? Why not? You know, yeah. agencies no. yeah. <sighs> or the bastards. I mean, there's just nothing else we can say about it. The bastard children. Yeah. Well, and, right, um, and that's the reason why that's the reason why we love what you guys do because I'm like, you know, when you guys started doing that, I was like, oh hell yeah, I want to sponsor teams because, you know, I know how all of this works. You know, I was like, well, we sponsor the teams, and the agencies can't say no. You know, um, it's it's it, it, the cost is being taken care of, and we want to do more. You know, I, I don't know how many we've done. I don't know. Um, you know, I think we try to do one for every time you guys have one. Um, you know, but our goal was to do more. We want to do more. We want to be able to send more teams, you know, but it all comes down to the, you know, the funding. Um, you know, we work our asses off. You know, we have fundraisers. We This whole COVID corona stuff is, you know, um, has hampered us a little bit because, one of our biggest fundraisers we do is we do an annual race. Um, and we do that for awareness. 
right? Because um, we have like a big canine demonstration at our races. But it's just all about. So I'm constantly, I'm constantly, my team, you know, Jay, um, you know, everybody on our team. I've got an incredible board. Um, you know, Brad Williams, I'm, uh, the president of Safari Land, is on our board. Um, he's just been absolutely amazing um, to us. And we just continue to grow. And everybody, we all just pull from all of our different resources um, to try to make things happen. You know, and we get creative. Got to be creative sometimes. But um, it's just constant fundraising. You know, constant fundraising. So, speaking of fundraising, for everybody listening to this, where can they donate to Canines United? Uh, they can just go to caninesunited.org. So that's K, letter you know, K number nine. It'll be in the show notes, but if you're listening to this and you don't have access to the show notes, it's letter K number nine, sunited.com, right? Dot org, yep. Or dot org, shit. Letter yeah. K number nine, <laughs> sunited.org. Uh, we'll have to edit yep. that. Um, yeah, so, um, and <clears throat> that's obviously also the website. It has all the information and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so... How and that's the same place. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, "Shit, I need a hot popper," and my department's giving me shit and everything else. And is that where you uh, apply? Also, yep, yep. Um, on our website, um, they can go to um, you know where they can submit a request. Um, you know, under you know contact, there's a um, you know support request that they can go to on our on our website. Um, you know, under the donate, you know, they have different options. You know, we have a we have a canine core program, which is our monthly donor program. You know, people can donate monthly to us just like they do ASPCA or wherever else um, that they donate. Um, you know, so we're all, we're predominantly volunteer. We don't have any paid staff. Um, so, you know, including myself. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. you know, and... Yeah, most people don't realize that um, that we're predom- we're all volunteer. We don't have any paid staff, so you know we have an incredible team that just works our butt off day in and day out to um, you know to make sure we can fund these teams, you know, their need. So you know, and I try to do uh, probably going to have to be taking an early retirement soon because I just can't do both. You know, it's come to a head. I've always I've tried to work this whole time, um, you know, full time. You know, I have a little girl, obviously, Emma. She's very actively involved with Canines United as well. She's raised, I don't know, probably close to $25,000 on her own, you know, in her different efforts. So it's a, it's a family affair for sure. Um, Excellent. You know. Uh, Eric, where are we? Where are we stalking you? Stalking me at Van S. K9 on Instagram, Van S. K9 Academy on Facebook, um, Working Dog Radio everywhere, Working Underscore Dog Underscore Radio on Instagram. Don't forget the Patreon page. What about you? Uh, well, several. Ted Underscore Summers on the Instagram, uh, Torchlight K9, letter K number nine uh, for the kennel. Um, and then Working Underscore Dog Underscore Radio. Um, we're doing a giveaway because I think this is going to be the hundredth episode. I'm not sure, 
but this is going to be the big number 100. We're giving a giveaway stuff. We're going to be doing that on Patreon and on here. Uh, so uh, that's where you can find everybody else. That and, of course, Working Dog Radio. Um, so what do you do for Radio. the giveaways? Oh, yeah, we got some dogs or shit. Um, the guys from Connecticut yeah, got- are giving us some. Giving us some oh, cool yeah. shit from Connecticut. We have some cool stuff that we've been working on today. Uh, we gotten some text messages from our um, our marketing guy that's running all that stuff for us, and uh, our sponsor has stepped up big time to give us some stuff for the the hundredth episode. So uh, yeah, super stoked. But uh, yeah, so go there well, if you're listening to this. We can do a hopefully. giveaway. Can we add oh, yeah? something for the giveaway? Well, fuck yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> what do you want to give away, Debbie? Oh my gosh, let me see, let me see. We can we can give away um we can give away an HRD. All right. Um spot, right? So right. we can give away that. What would be cool? What would be cool that we could give away? That'll be a good one. I mean, an HRD spot, and you can, and it's not, oh, I mean, it's location specific because, like, they got to be close to us. But, I mean, like, you can do that, I mean, for sure. Um, I would say that would be good. Uh, can we do a bike suit? Like yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, we can give away a bite suit. I'm sure Arno would be happy to help us um, with that. Because he loves us, and I, I, that guy has supported us before the fucking podcast and even after. So, um, it was one of our one of the he was the first sponsor of the podcast. ALM Suits was so, um, yeah, he has done great by us and supports HRD. But that would be one also. I mean, um, and God, people are listening. So they're like, "Fuck, I'm gonna get a bite suit." We don't. We're just brainstorming. So don't fucking freak out. We'll have it. <laughs> we'll. We'll get it narrowed down. Just give me by the time this uploads, it'll be done. So if you're listening to this, and I don't, we may have already given it away. I don't fucking know, but it's not my thing. That's somebody else's job. But I'm saying that <laughs> it'll probably be done. So um, yeah, we'll Debbie. I'll have um, our guy and uh, Alicia reach out to you, and we'll straighten that out. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, we're happy. we just get we're happy we just started a canine unit on the at the last three minutes of the fucking podcast. Um, (laughs) fuck me. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Debbie, this has been awesome. Um, you know, this kind of turned into the state of modern canine in the weird, um, current apocalypse times that we live in. And, uh, so yeah, we, I super appreciate you coming on and making time for us. It was great. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yep. Excellent. So, uh, we'll be back soon, everybody. Yes. Mucho gracias. For sure. Yep, you guys keep up the good work. We're trying. Yeah, everybody, right. uh, stay safe. Stay. Don't lick, don't lick doorknobs and wash your hands. All right, we'll see everybody. <laughs> Bye. Our oldest sponsor, our first sponsor, and our good friend and a great dude all around, Arno at ALM Canine Equipment. Uh, his suits and his canine tugs and bite sleeves are some of the best in the industry. His dude, I have a whole array of different uh, hidden sleeves from him of all various levels of dogs. Uh, He has a discount code for us, which is amazing, WD Radio for 10% off your first order. ALMK9Equipment.com. Give him a a shout, man. Arno is a good guy with great quality equipment. ALMK9Equipment.com. One of the original three sponsors that have been with us from the beginning is Tripwire Operations Group, LLC. They're an internationally recognized leading provider of products, services, and training for federal, state, local, 
and law enforcement agencies and military units. They are ATF licensed for explosive material manufacturer, importer, exporter, and dealer with a wide range of explosive products to offer, including custom kits. These kits are great for detection canine imprinting, and they have three different kits to choose from. These three kits combined create the complete picture for ex- the explosive threats of canines. Be sure to check them out, tripwireops.org. The music in this episode is used with permission by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at Brother Deeg, that's spelled D-E-G-E dot net. Be sure to check him out there or on iTunes, Amazon, CD Baby, or anywhere you stream media. This episode has been edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt. Visit our other sites at patreon.com, look for Working Dog Radio, hrdpolicecanine.com, and look for the nearest seminar near you. Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.